0: The one campaign to the non-early bird list, I literally, I wish I had more time to show a screenshot, but I literally have a screenshot that literally says in the description of the link, non-early bird list did over $100,000 to people that didn't raise a hand. And my theory is, is that they've seen this before, you know, raise your hand, click this link, get on the list, blah, blah, blah. And just like, I don't have time for this crap. I'm out of here. This is Digital Market.
1: Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer. And this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing. From the platforms you should be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today our guest is Big Jason Henderson, the an email revenue optimization expert with breakthrough email marketing that's actually been responsible for $850 million in email sales. So welcome, Big Jason. Thanks for
0: having me, Mark. It's good to be here.
1: Well, it's, I'm excited to talk about, uh, you know, email, you know, it's uh, kind of a, a mainstay of digital marketing when you tell everybody, hey, you want conversions, you go to email, you want awesome stats, and you want to prove yourself to new clients, you do email. So uh, with all the changes, AI, shifting economy, new tech, uh, you know, all those, that kind of fun stuff, uh, how is email doing today compared to say, you know, five, 10 years ago? Uh it's still doing better than ever.
0: It's uh people that are, you know, are not giving up, that are not, you know, just abandoning it for other channels or just putting it on the uh back burner. So yeah, my the companies I'm working with are are crushing it.
1: That's awesome. Has anything actually shifted or has actually improved? Cuz I know that you have uh, you know, pay media is taking some hits and SEO is taking some hits. Uh like- social still confusing. <laughs> I think the the main difference is the
0: competition. I think there's more competition for competition for the inbox. That's the main and,
1: thing. So you, you got to stand out. I, I totally believe that. I think, you know, right now I actually, well, that's why I asked about, you know, is, is it still working? Because personally, I, I don't even try to, to deal with spam anymore. I just let it come in and then I kind of scan it really quick to see if somebody I know sent me an email. Right. And, and then I go to Slack. <laughs> you know to actually do my business stuff uh has there been any you know i know the, the competition is high but is the uh kind of consumption of emails about the same um
0: i would say it's the same uh probably a little, little bit more uh as more and more you know people are getting online and uh older people are seeing the value of it but yeah
1: it's about so it hasn't uh, gone super up or super down or anything no uh
0: not 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 in my opinion, I haven't seen the latest studies, so it could be you know different
1: okay, well, so for the uh, you know since there is so much more competition, uh what do you kind of recommend to people to kind of break through the noise and even if you have you know two hundred thousand unopened uh emails like I do uh how do you make your your email campaign stand out
0: yeah, with uh a lot of times this personality. Uh, could be strategy um, not listening to a lot of gurus my advantage you know for doing this for over 27 years is back you know in the 90s it was like emails having a one-on-one conversation and there wasn't like don't do this don't do that yeah. Definitely don't do that which is a lot of times based on bs so when i came into internet marketing there's all these people not doing a lot of things and i would ask them and they'd be like oh well so i'm like that's not true what are you talking about i do that all the time so i think people are like handicapped they're afraid to be themselves they're afraid to use their personalities they're afraid to use images for no apparent Mm -hmm. reason Uh, i just recently had a huge split test for a client that they're like oh wow we haven't been using images for like seven years because so and so said we shouldn't because it hurts
1: deliverability Oh, that's so fun! Well, let's just go through that kind of like the myths of uh, email marketing because I, I remember that and I can't remember when it started, but it was like don't include emails; they, they're too big and people won't actually look at them, and blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, I've been
0: using images since the nineties. Um, I've used I've had a lot of winners without images. It kind of depends, mm-hmm. um, and when a lot of people use straw men. so they'll they'll say emojis or uh, just funny gifs. And I mean, I'm not saying that those could never work, but that has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about like real direct response images. I see this a lot. People say, well, I split tested plain text versus HTML, plain text one. When you always drill down, it's not plain text versus HTML. It's plain text looking HTML versus like a very corporate template with lots of banners and just stuff that doesn't add to the email. When I talk about images, I'm talking about One powerful CTA image that draws attention, draws the clicks. Maybe a Gary Halbert opener image. I had an email in self-defense that did over $100,000. And the very top was a lady's thigh with uh, her Smith & Wesson in in her pantyhose. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that scared the client, but it, it did the trick. Um, so yeah, you can use them as to draw attention, tell a story, uh, grab the click, uh, with relationship. Um, so yeah, there's no, I think the latest, uh, split test I did, it was over 200 K per variation. The email with the image had, uh, more opens and more clicks and more sales and l- lower amount of bounces. So if you think it hurts deliverability, you got to see something. There's got to be more bounces than the version without images, something. And that was like the eighth time I've tested it in a month. Wow. That's another thing. People say, Oh, I tested it. Usually it means they try they tried it, not really tested it, like a true A B, they didn't, they mixed segments. I see that a lot. They're like, I tested it and they put together uh customers and prospects. Well, they react differently. So depending on how they're passed over to each variation not
1: going to be true so yeah images work like gangbusters Uh, i completely believe that and it's uh yeah it is one of those myths that you just heard a zillion years ago and you think like oh why did we start doing that? Cause I, well, I think, and I could kind of see it because there was a trend towards like, oh, make it like a one-on-one email. Like, hey, John, you forgot to do this. And then right. it's like an RE and it's tricking people to open it. And then even these days, like some of the ones, I get tricked all the time. Cause I'll be like, that looks like somebody's responding to something I sent. I'll click on it. It'll be like, hey, Mark, you missed our meeting. And then it'll lie to me about stuff that I did. And I'm like, yeah. why are you doing that? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a, that's another thing. Uh, so the whole this it stemmed from the Obama uh, email campaign when he first got elected. So people like were like, oh, he's using hay and blah blah blah, and Frank Curry mm. started using hay, and everybody started doing that. But what they don't realize was was, I was at the uh, Mech Labs Optimization Summit in Boston, where the two head data p- email people for Obama's team were their keynote and. I was the first one to get on the mic when they opened it up for questions. My first question was, did you test this with people in the organization other than Obama? Did it do as well? And they immediately said yes and no. It was definitely because a lot of the times it was from Obama and people are just like, oh, Obama's emailing me. So that's another big thing is you see a lot of people saying this X, Y, and Z, I'm going to do it because so-and-so did it. Well, a lot of times it's successful because it's who they are, you know, they could pretty much do anything, you know, like Frank Curran could have, well, one sentence link says, go buy this. I did. That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, I, then I try No, it's so true. I, Cause and you'll see it in every industry sector. I always laugh when it's like, well, Warren Buffett said you should do blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Warren Buffett doesn't own a computer. He has a building full of PhDs and masters, you right. know, people that help him out. So you're not at that level yet. you need to think in terms of you and your customer and your audience and your objective. then you start to get into okay, now uh, maybe that approach will work, but not necessarily and not and maybe specifically not because that person's huge and they can do whatever they want and it's gonna work. so right. I think that that's an excellent point now for the uh, let's just talk about the content because I think that kind of yeah. conversational like, hey guy, how's it going? Uh, that's become really popular versus you know the kind of tried and true classic uh, copywriting that you maybe use to get a conversion. Um, mm-hmm. Do you mix those methods or is it all kind of dependent on the, the audience?
0: Yeah, it's kind of dependent on the audience. Uh, you definitely mix it. Um, I had a client where they were wondering why their response was so low. And I'm like, literally, I see zero difference in every single email month after month. I, I think they're just copying and pasting for like affiliate promos. Mm. And it's the copywriters are writing good copy. Mm. It's not really in the voice of the list. It's just written like every other it's in the personal development. And it's like written like every single other. It's not really personal from the brand
1: owner or the brand voice. No, that that totally makes sense, and and you're right. I, I do believe that that you need a mix of the two. Um, now when you are talking to your audience, and say it's a a newsletter compared to say a drip campaign or a product launch campaign, um, do you have any suggestions in terms of uh, how to approach, uh, you know, the different segments while staying in the voice and the brand voice?
0: Um,
1: sure, I, and I would say the the point that
0: you. That I see when you say that, the more important voice or point is it's been said a lot about early bird lists, um, get people to raise their hands. And that's great. You have a segment of people, but the problem comes when you assume that, okay, I've got my VIP list, my early bird list, my interest list. I'm going to email them. And I'm either not gonna email the people that didn't raise their hand at all, which is not good because your volume goes down, it's not consistent, or B, you just send them fluff content or whatever, uh, maybe even good content. But the, the fact of the matter is I've done early bird lists for, you know, since the early two thousands, and one one campaign in 2013 for a client, um the one campaign to the non-early bird list, I literally, I uh, wish I had more time to show a screenshot, but I literally have a screenshot that literally says in the description of the link, non-early bird list did over $100,000 to people that didn't wow. raise a hand. And my theory is, is that they've seen this before, you know, raise your hand, click this <laughs> link, get on the list, blah, blah, blah. And just like, I don't have time for this crap. I'm out of here. And then when, when the it came to promote the offer, I emailed them separately. So I emailed my interest list because, again, just like customers versus prospects, they're going to respond differently, and I want to have accurate stats. Like, how how's the early bird list uh, responding? What do I need to optimize there? How's the non-early bird list? Mm. Um, and did over $100,000 of people who allegedly were not interested at all. You know, you're sending, like, one to three emails and you know especially now you're you're assuming that they're not interested when they either maybe didn't even open any email maybe they started reading and got busy but then when the promotion starts now you have you know however many days of the promotion to attract their attention. We're like, oh, oh. I actually am interested. So you can't go off assumptions and people just you know spouting off you know best practices. I like Mech Labs uh, Flynn McLaughlin he says, in many cases, uh, online best practices are merely pooled ignorance.
1: Ah, no, that's so true. Because, well, and, and you know, since uh, you know we're speakers and we're educators, uh, it's easy to fall under that because you do know all the tricks and you know, and, well, and as a professional, if you've done this a zillion times, that, then you think, like, well, I know how this is typically going to go. And that's actually going to guide how you uh, tell people what to do which is, and it's a good soundbite, <laughs> you know? Like, well, I sent this one and this happened and I sent that one and that happened and there's no actual experimentation going on. Hey everyone, I want to quickly interrupt the podcast for a special announcement. If you're listening to this podcast because you want to become a better marketer, then I want to share with you what I believe to be the most comprehensive digital marketing program on the market today. It's called the Digital Marketing Mastery Certification. You'll learn to leverage the tools and channels to predictably and profitably drive awareness, leads, sales, and referrals. Everything you need to know to become a true master of digital marketing. We'll take an in-depth look at the core digital marketing competencies, including content, email, social media, community, digital advertising, data and optimization, and more. After earning your digital marketing strategy certificate, you'll have the tools to effectively reach your target audience through a full scope marketing strategy. Get started today at digitalmarketing.com slash strategy cert. <laughs> Yeah. So actually, let's, let's talk about that. Just the what is a good method of testing? Cause I know we, we have our, our classic AB tests, single segment, uh, only modifying one component at a time, maybe. Um, but that's only one test. Like, how, how many times do you do something before you say, like, okay, this is consistently a good rule?
0: Um, that's a good question. It kind of depends on the client and their schedule because, you know, there's different types of emails. Um, one example, uh, back in the day, I, an A-plus copywriter, I was w- working with his team, and I got this angry phone call one morning, and he's like, dude, why the hell did you send an email with images to our list today? I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's because it's working. He's like, you told me blah, blah, blah back uh, you know a week ago that plain text-looking HTML won. And I said, that's right, I did, but I also said, Nine out of 10 times, uh, plain text looking HTML with images won. So i had actually literally tested it in two weeks. I had tested it 10 times because I wanted to test at different times. Um, you know, content emails, uh, promotional emails, start of the promotion, end of the promotion. Because um, me too, I assumed for a long time, for a few years, that on the last day, it was urgency, urgency. Don't give them anything to look at. Make it really short, and that's what I was following. And I stopped testing. That's another thing you got to retest sometimes, especially like on promotions, holidays, stuff that might make a difference. And I was like, holy crap, this uh, you know, text only on the last day is is not working the best anymore. So you got to keep testing. Um, one test that I recently did. And like you were saying, single segment. That's I've said that before. Uh, you cannot mix segments. Um, you can get crazy with it because you got customer, you got customer versus customer. That's way better, thousand times better than the customer prospect, but then you got recurring customers, you got, you know, high value, you know, 10 grand plus customers. But essentially for the average person, I think customer versus customer is, you know, is fine. Um, you know. That's another thing I, I see. Like, I had this guru say, Hey, what do you think about this guy's method? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, It sounds interesting. It sounds like he does have some data, but I know he actually works with a team of 35. Mar- <laughs> a, the marketing team is literally 35 people that I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to tell any of my clients to do this because we, we all do. have 35 people on our team to do all that. So, a lot of times it's, it's what's practical. So, customer versus customer. Um, you got to retest. You got to let it run and get statistical significance. Sometimes you you got to search in Google for a validator because I literally had a client with an ESP. It had no statistical significance built in. I would see results. There would be a difference of one click, and the software was just like, "Well, it did it did better." It did better. <laughs> so you got to do that um, one. Another case study recently I tested multiple times was the Gmail promo tab. You probably heard about like, oh, the mm. Gmail promo tab, it's it's hell for email. You know, no one goes there and stuff like that. First of all, it's not true. I was how do I know? Because I was one of those people, you know, in 2013, I was running with my head cut off. My clients were running off their heads cut off, and every email was going into my promotions tab. Mm. That, that, that's key. We'll get more onto that, but it was going into my promotions tab. Uh, I wasn't hearing from anybody else in the company, but it was in my promotions tab. So I was like, "Oh, that's horrible!" And so I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was uh, changing a lot of stuff, doing a lot of tests on my personal, you know, kind of fake Gmail email that no other emails were going in there um, because I thought that replicated what I should do. But then I went to a Met Labs email summit. Someone actually from the Gmail tabs team was there and she's like, no, that that's not how Gmail tabs worked. It's very personal to the person. So even if it's going into your promotional tab, that doesn't mean it's going into your subscribers tab. She gave me some general guidelines. Like you can use images, just don't use, you know, umpteen million images, keep it down. Um, you can use multiple links, but she's like, one is best. But the key is, is not to be putting multiple different links. So if you're putting in three social media links in every single email, it's probably a good sign in your promotional email. Yeah. Um, and then my good friend, Dennis Damon, he's done deliverability for over 24 years. He's worked with Return Path, a lot of the huge ESPs, and uh, Post. And he, he told me the same thing. He's like, dude, that's not how it works. You're like wasting all the time. So I was like, great. So I went to work, and within a year for this client who I, you know, uh, I was running around ragged trying to fix this, you know, promotap thing. Did the biggest launch in company history, 500k. Very next promotion a month later, 750k. Three months later, uh, at the end of the year, over a million. Wow. When Gmail Promotap experts will tell you your your response is trash. You know, you're losing tons of money, and it turns out client after client after client after client is just bad strategy low volume not doing the basics uh deliver true deliverability promo tab is not deliverability it's in the inbox and then what people don't realize is that a more and more studies are coming out that saying the majority of people don't use tabs anymore and again if you use tabs that doesn't invalidate that statement um that even if they have a gmail address that doesn't mean they're using gmail to check their email they could be using apple and other apps that you know integrate with gmail they're on mobile depending on the app that they don't have tabs so it's kind of overblown based on people who are making money off of it um it kind of went like this in 2006 spammers started stuffing text into emails and before i go that's one of the big things of why People are not seeing uh, success like they should be, is they're focused on all the wrong things. They're focused on the sound bites, the gurus, don't mm. do this, don't do that, versus testing for themselves. So, anyways, 2006, spammers started stuffing text to try and trick Gmail and all the other providers that this was like a content email. So they would stuff stories in the email to make it seem That's like it right. was promotional. That was in 2006. People think it started like, after 2020 or 2016, 19, something like that. No, it's 2006, they started doing it. Then marketers picked on that and said, oh, I invented this thing. It's like, no, you didn't. You copied a scam. And then uh, Gmail came out in 2020. People think that the internet marketing uh, Gmail promo tab scammer stopped in 2021 when Gmail said, hey, don't do that. But they actually said, stop doing that in 2020. They just weren't paying attention. Yeah. Then they went into stuffing ton of texts at the bottom that most people are ashamed of. Literally, I was at an event. Someone was going, "Hey, I paid a, I paid this guy a gazillion dollars. He knows everything. Now I know everything. This is getting this got me out of the uh, Gmail promo tab. I'm on the list. I go and I'm like, he's right. He's not in the promo tab. He's in the spam folder." <laughs> And that was the Better. first, yeah, that was the first of many because I saw him online a couple months after that saying the same thing on a live event. Multiple people, not me, were like, uh, dude, all your emails are in my spam folder. So yeah, I was just That's talking bad. to my friend Tim Starr. He was uh, head of deliverability for MailPost post for eight years and he agreed with my theory that... um why are all these people making these claims and they're not true? And why are some of them going into spam? Why are most of them still going into the promo tab is, and why aren't they seeing the results that they want? Because um, me and him, we manage over 40 brands uh, together. He's like head of deliverability and kind of like is right below that deliverability, but mainly camp, campaign performance. And we analyze all of these 40 brands, like years of data, and they're all, they're all focused on uh, the Gmail promo tab. So that's why I was doing so all weird. those split tests to say, guys, it, it's not doing what they say it's doing. You're focused on all the wrong thing. You're literally having your assistants take up to an hour or more sometimes using these seedless testing services when they in fact say, guys, just to let you know, we are not your subscribers. We do not behave like your subscribers. if any if you use any service that says, oh, we've got it down, we act like humans. We're gonna increase no, I've literally talked to my Google workspace rep and she literally word for word uh laid out what they think they're doing. like a company that says, oh, this is what we do and she literally, without even knowing their claim, said, yeah, We know that they're going in there. We know they're trying to behave like humans. We catch them. They're going to get in trouble. And then I actually said, okay, so if uh, a company or an individual like me is paying that company and you detect their legal behavior, if all that legal behavior is for one specific sending domain, will you penalize that sending domain that's paying that company? She's like, oh, yes, of course. They're going to have deliverability issues. So. Again, stop trying to scam Google with pretending your promotional emails are content. Stop trying to do these illegal warm-up services that um, I know for a fact. I have another friend that did deliverability for 20 years. Gmail, Hotmail, Yahoo, they have all told him and his company personally, not from a blog, firsthand, we know about these warm-up services. It's illegal. It's against the terms of services. If you catch you, we're going to get you.
1: No, uh, and it, it makes us happy when they do that too, because we, do, you know, it's. Uh, I think with marketing, there's always this thing where it's like we're trying to trick people into buying stuff and clicking yeah. and going places we want them to go. But good marketing is actually just executing the basics, testing, and then staying consistent with your brand. So in that regards, and I, I know we have our uh, copywriting uh, bootcamp and certification and you know new certification coming up. Um, do you have any tips in regards to just how to make good copy? for uh, your client? And it sounds like, from what I'm hearing, it, it is very client-specific, audience-specific, uh, yep. but are there some kind of just small tips where you're like, okay, this is just good practice for copywriting within that?
0: You gotta know your market consistently. So you can't just you know do a little bit of research and like, all right, I got it. And then you're just, for a year or more, you're emailing the same way. Like, say when I was in the golf niche for Revolution Golf Now purchased by NBC, Oh. um i was every weekend i was watching a tournament Uh, i was on the plane reading golf magazines Blink. um i had my wife set up my calendar so i knew where all the t- when all the tournaments were going to be if there was any i had my google news alert set up for you know you always got to learn and that's awesome about ai now you know, say what you want about ai replacing copywriters blah 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 fact of the matter is it does some insane market research. So there's literally no excuse why you shouldn't know your market, be able to speak to them, you know, like you actually know them.
1: Now, once you have that, so, so you clarify the avatar and now it's time to write uh, right. a copy for, you know, a product launch or maybe just your regular newsletter. How, do, how does that apply?
0: Sure. Um, yeah, you just talk to them like you're sitting across them on a couch. Again, 1996, that's all I was told. About.com was all about generating uh, you know, AdSense and driving people back to the, the sites. And they're just like, and they they would bring in SEO experts, paid traffic experts, all kinds of experts to help us drive traffic. When it comes to email, they didn't bring anybody. They just said, guys, it's like having a one-on-one conversation. And that's, that's so simple, but so true and still so powerful. Um, Another MechLab quote, Mech quote from Flip McLaughlin I love is, clarity is persuasion. Yeah. So that's why you can get someone that's a newbie or maybe not an A-plus copywriter, and you can write 100 emails that generate $100,000 because you're writing from the heart. You're writing like a friend. Um, you're writing like what's actually going on in their life. You're speaking to them versus coming up with killer words um you know it's not exactly uh what you say it's how you say it so yeah Yeah,
1: and I, I love your technique of the immersion into the client where you're actually watching golf and you're reading magazines and you're thinking about it and I think uh you know whenever a marketer does that kind of effort it comes through really easily because people notice it and also you're up on the trends because you know how golfers talk just by listening to the announcer and now you know what uh say the the golf guy that you're trying to get to do whatever uh will expect to hear things because you you're hearing exactly what they hear, which is easy. <laughs> and then yeah. at the end of it.
0: That's funny. I still today, uh once in a while I'll get pinged on Facebook from a marketer who says, Hey, I'm gonna be in your town. Do you want to go play golf? And I'm like, dude, I, I never played <laughs> golf. And they're like, What? You never played golf? That's that's impossible. I don't believe that. I'm like, no, I never played.
1: <laughs> well, you know what's funny is just doing that minimum level. Cause really, you know, for most marketers, you're trying to talk to, you know, the 95% of people who don't know very much about the subject. And even yeah. if they do know a little bit, your little bit will be similar to their little bit. And then you'll be able to write copy that will speak to them fairly yeah. easily.
0: Yeah. And you write personal conversational copy. You develop a stronger bond with your list. You get more replies. Deep felt replies to your emails. And that helps with deliverability, um, getting those replies. And a lot of people, they're like all about, oh, you know, on the first day, you gotta get them to reply, get them to reply to that welcome email. But I I literally before every promotion, I send an email, even if it's a promotional email or even if it's a content email that goes to like a blog or an article or a video, I'll feature pace them, and get them to reply, what's your single biggest okay. question this, to uh, what's going on in your life, you know, what's your single biggest question uh, about, you know, uh, driving the ball 200 plus yards, whatever. And, uh, yeah, uh, if I don't get 500 replies, uh, there's, I knew I didn't do a good job. So, yeah, oh, customer service is not really a fan of it, but the brand <laughs> it love it because they know that it's, probably the number one engagement juice juice you can do because, you know, as we know, opens are unreliable. Uh, bots can be on your list. They could be clicking
1: links, but only people are going to reply. Oh, I love that. That's actually, that's a huge tip because I think it's a lot, it's another metric that, well, one, a lot of people don't want. <laughs> like, I want you to go to the article. I want you to buy the thing. Don't contact no. me. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, getting those actually really does show uh you know a human and then also uh the connection i mean that's what you're trying to do and you sent them an email of course you want them to email back it, yeah and
0: then it's not just good for deliverability in your relationship you're getting great marketing fodder you know depending on the question you ask you could get, get a lot of you know say like the anxiety niche you know just ask a simple question you know how are you doing today? You're going to get people like wailing and gnashing a teeth and talking about their problems and issues, and you can use all that in emails, you know, FAQs, sales letters, all that good stuff. New products ideas.
1: That is a that's a fantastic tip. Well, I think we'll we'll definitely have to have you back on because we could go in depth on every yes. single thing that we talked about. Because I want to talk about KPIs and. Yeah. Uh, cadence of delivery and, and drip campaigns versus launch campaigns. and you I, can know. Bring
0: all, I can bring all the screenshots and the data and all that good stuff.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so we'll definitely have you back on soon. And I know you're going to be one of our uh, presenters for our new uh, Copywriting Mastery uh, Accelerator, which is a live cohort that's starting at the end of August and is going to go through uh, September. So we're very excited to have you there. Uh, yeah. In the meantime, uh, where can people find out more about you and what you do?
0: Yeah, they can go to email revenue optimization.com. Yeah, email dot it. Yeah, it's not about just you know having killer copy. It's uh, all about the
1: bottom line, email revenue, the email revenue, and and the audience, you know, the customer. And I think that's uh, you know you said that really well. Where it's it's really about uh, connecting with that person on on a human level. And yep. I think the more marketers I talk to, the more it's like oh, I kick butt just by you know trying. And yeah. uh caring about the people I'm talking to. Uh
0: last last tip is I'll also when you see a lot of sound bias like, oh, this crushed. Um, a lot of my philosophy is a lot of people, you know, it depends on, you know, the brand owner, if they're Fran- uh, Frank Kerner or whatever, uh, if they're Stefan Georgia, uh Mark Degrassi, sometimes Here. possibly uh uh but also it's paid lead generation i've seen a lot of clients where they're just generating thousands of leads every day so they could pretty much again even if they're not like a huge no name they could send them almost anything and make a lot of money so a lot of success that you see sometimes being talked about is basically to really uh good lead uh highly qualified traffic whereas i focus you know that's you know no big deal to me what I'm focused on is people that are either on the fence or not on the fence. You know, how how yeah. many of those people are you uh, converting into customers? Well, that's oh, that, that,
1: that's a huge tip too. Because I, I do think, well, one, you know, take every piece of, uh, you know, this crush advice with a grain of salt because that's what they do. And of course, they're going to tell you, uh, right. you know, oh, yeah, this did great. I'm not going to mention the $100,000 that we spent every single day to get that list <laughs> fresh right. all the time. Uh, so it's a, it's uh, that's, a, that's a great tip. And I, I think anytime, you know, when you have somebody huge that's doing it, it's really important to look at those numbers. And like you said, yep. like do an actual test, do the test right, do it consistently. And then now you can, you know, understand whether it's something that your audience or your brand is going to work right. for or not. So uh, that, was, that was fantastic talk. Uh, I took a, little, a lot away from that. And I think our audience did as well. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, man. My pleasure. Appreciate it. All right, and thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you can notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next time. This is
2: Digital Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over a hundred different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.